Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Ladies Promoting Transparent Advocacy Podcast. I am your podcast host, Shay Pate. Today is Marvelous Motivating Monday, and I want to celebrate, since it is February 1st and the first day of Black History Month, I want to celebrate somebody that I hope will motivate you. And she's being talked about currently, and that's the reason why I wanted to open up the first day of Black History Month with this woman. And she is no no other than the legendary person that has changed America for African Americans especially, and she is known as Harriet Tubman. Now, although she was born Araminta Ross in 1820 in Dorchester County, Maryland, she decided to change her name to Harriet, which is her mother's first name. She's an American-born woman who escaped from slavery in the South to become a leading abolitionist before the American Civil War. She led hundreds of enslaved people to freedom in the North along the route of the Underground Railroad, an elaborate secret network of safe houses organized for that purpose. Now, I know a lot of you listening know who she is, but as I mentioned previously, I have listeners in other countries who may not know that much about her, and this may also give them some clarity of why they're talking about putting her on the U.S. currency of the $20 bill. At the age of five, now think about that, five years old, you're in preschool or kindergarten. At the age of five, she was hired out to work initially serving as a nursemaid and later as a field hand, a cook and a woodcutter. When she was about 12 years old, she reportedly refused to help an overseer punish another enslaved person and she suffered a severe head injury when the overseer threw an iron weight that accidentally struck her. I don't believe it was accidentally at all. And they said that subsequently, she suffered seizures throughout her whole life. About 1844, she married John Tubman, Tubman, who was a free man. And in 1849, on the strength of rumors that she was about to be sold, Tubman fled to Philadelphia, leaving behind her husband because he refused to go, parents and some siblings. But in December 1850, she made her way to Baltimore, Maryland, where she led her sister and two children to freedom. That journey was the first of some 19 increasingly dangerous forays into Maryland, in which over the next decade, she conducted upward of 300 fugitive enslaved people along the underground, excuse me, the Underground Railroad to Canada. You know, they saying that she displayed a lot of courage, persistence, and iron discipline as she was leading these people. <laughs> they said if anyone decided, and I'm saying they as in the articles I'm reading, they said if anyone decided to turn back, therefore endangering the mission, <laughs> she threatened them with a gun, and she would tell them, quote, you'll be free or die. Wow. You know, one one example of her, you know, being strategic about how they would be successful in getting away is that she would make the escapes on Saturday nights. 
So that way, you know, by the time it hit the newspaper on Monday, they would actually have a head start. And they would call Harriet the Moses of her people. And those who know about Moses in the Bible, you have an idea of uh, why they call her that. She was a leader and she was trying to get her people out. They actually had a, back then, this is a lot of money now, but back then this was really a lot of money. They had a $40,000 reward for her. But, <laughs> wow, but she was celebrated by a lot of people. So I, I just wanted to give you a little background. I mean, I could go on and on and on about it. And um, there's a lot about her, but I just wanted to start Monday out with her because this woman is definitely somebody that we really, really need to uh, thank, especially those who came from the South and brought to the North. So I went on a couple of websites and I, I Googled her and a lot of different things came up. So I decided to use information from articles from like uh, Reuters, New York Times, Time Magazine, and Mother Jones. Now, there's a blogger on Mother Jones named Kevin Drum. Now, according to him, which he's according to the New York Times, he's talking about the prototype of the Harriet Tubman $20 bill. Now, according to Kevin, he's saying apparently that the Times has good sources within the Bureau of Engraving that reported that the design of the $20 bill with Harriet Tubman on it was completed in 2016. Now, I know before now, I heard about this a while back, and it was about 2016. And the internet, you know, it has a way of leaking pictures and things. And it leaked a couple of pictures of her on a $20 bill. As a matter of fact, on this episode, that is going to be the picture I post for this, the $20 bill with her on it. Well, the development of the note did not stop there. A current employee, employee of the Bureau who asked not to be named because of the sensitivity of the matter personally viewed a metal engraving plate and a digital image of a Tubman $20 bill. And this is according to blogger Kevin Drum for Mother Jones. And it, it was saying while it was being reviewed by engravers and Secret Service officials as recently as May 2018. He goes on to say that the person said that the design appeared to be far along in the process. Well, you know, it's interesting because all of a sudden it says that it won't be distributed anytime soon, probably not until 2030 or the late 2020s at best. Back then, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin delayed the bill. The only thing he delayed was the unveiling of the design in time for the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment. Hmm. Wow. He was apparently afraid that a, a more public unveiling of the bill would send at the time President Donald Trump 
into a tizzy that might embarrass everyone. It's like having a five-year-old for president. Now, these aren't my words. This is from the blogger Kevin Drum from Mother Jones. Well, I went to Reuters in Washington, and it was saying that the U.S. Treasury Department is taking steps to resume efforts to put escape slave, really, <laughs> I, I'm not even going to read the adjectives they call her, but to put Harriet on a $20 bill. Now, White House, then the Trump administration and the Treasury officials said, the move would reflect U.S. history and diversity. The redesigned bill was initially to be unveiled in 2020, but those efforts were delayed by the Treasury after then-President Donald Trump called them an example of pure political correctness. Quote. <laughs> wow. Well, we have a new president right now. And the White House Press Secretary, Jen Psaki, she's the press secretary for current President Biden. She said that the Treasury was revisiting the effort and it will first, excuse me, which was first announced in 2016 under former President Barack Obama, but it floundered under Donald Trump. Quoted as saying this, it is important that our notes are reflective of the history and diversity of our country and Harriet Tubman's image gracing the new $20 note would certainly reflect that. Now, this is from Biden White House Pre Press Secretary Jen Psaki. She then says, so we are exploring ways to speed up the effort. Now, we have a new Treasury spokesperson named Alexandra. Look at these ladies. Alexandra Lamana said a fresh push to put Tubman's image on the widely used $20 bill was underway. President Joe Biden has made diversity a centerpiece of his administration, marking a sharp contrast to the previous administration, which sought to downplay the role of slavery in the country's history. Now, we know that is so true. And unfortunately, a lot of people are going to be very, very, very upset. <laughs> well, no woman has ever been depicted on a U.S. bill since former First Lady Martha Washington who was featured on the $1 silver certificate from 1891 to 1896, and Native American Pocahontas, who was part of a group image on the $20 bill from 1865 to 1869. Wow. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, other women, including Native American Interpreter, oh wow, Saka Saka Gawia. I do not know how to pronounce this, so forgive me. Suffrage, Susan B. Anthony, and author and activist Helen Keller have been featured on coins. 
Native Americans, please forgive me. I cannot pronounce her name, and I really apologize. I will spell it, though. It's S-A-C-A-G-A-W-E-A. I need to spell it because I need you guys to know exactly who I'm talking about. Jackson has been criticized for his ownership of slaves and treatment on American Indians. In the redesign announced in 2016, his image would have remained on the back of the $20 bill. That's interesting. Well, it's something to see when you start hearing opposition. So I'm going to talk about the opposition article that I read at time.com. And it was written by Brittany Cooper. Now, Brittany Cooper is a professor at Rutgers University, and she's an author as well. And she says um, that putting Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill is not a sign of progress. She feels it's a sign of disrespect. So when I saw that, I said, let me go read this article and see what she's talking about. Now, she just wrote this article on January 27, 2021. And this is after it was announced that President Joe Biden was considering returning to what they call the Obama Air Initiative to put Harriet Tubman's face on the U.S. $20 bill. Now, you know that this is going to replace Andrew Jackson and they this is in her article she calls him the notorious racist president known both for owning hundreds of slaves and for his brutal and genocidal policy of Indian removal she says based on current designs now she's talking about the $20 bill a statue of Jackson would remain on the back of the bill. Okay. Now, Brittany, this is me talking. If that is true, I definitely agree with you about putting her on the front and him on the back. So I get that is disrespectful. The fact that you're going to put what they call a racist president on the back of a bill with Harry Tubman on the front. Hmm. That is really interesting. <laughs> wow. She goes on to say, they view it as progress as a necessary and long overdue disruption of the American founding father's narrative, but she does not look at it like that. She goes on to say, I know in a country that worships at the altar of capitalism an economic system made possible by the free black labor procured through the transatlantic trans slave trade. A black woman's face on our currency seems like the highest honor we could bestow. But what a stunning failure of imagination. Putting Tubman on legal tender when slaves in the U.S. were treated as fungible commodities is a supreme form of disrespect. The image, the imagery of her discomfitting scenes of enslaved persons being handed over as payment for white debt or for anything white slaveholders wanted 
America certainly owes a debt to black people, but this is not the way to repay it. Now, I'm going to tell you something. When I read this article, I definitely had to put this in this podcast episode because I will admit I was excited about them putting Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill. Reading this article, I did not know. And they may have said it and I just missed it. I did not know that they would put Andrew Jackson on the back. So if that is their plan, I agree with Brittany. That is totally disrespect. Totally. Well, she goes on to consider saying, consider that just weeks ago, an angry, see, this is all current, insurrectionist white mob stormed the U.S. Capitol carrying, among other items, the Confederate flag. American lore suggests that the Confederate flag had never previously entered the U.S. Capitol, even during the Civil War, I say, Lord, because we all know that even if the symbol of the Confederacy had never been in the Capitol, Confederate ideas have found a hearty welcome there, both in the past and in the present. Since this history has violently reinserted itself, demanding our attention, and if we or wise are reckoning with a racist past that is never quite past, then we should note that black people's faces have in fact been on our national currency before. During the Confederacy, as each secessionist state printed its own money, images of enslaved people picking cotton and doing other forms of menial labor appeared on the currency in several states. Wow. I decided since Brittany's article is actually making us really think about this in a different light, at least I am, um, I wanted to go on and read a little more about her article. And I want to say, Brittany, bravo to you. When I when I post this on my Twitter page, I'm going to look for yours and send you a copy of this because I'm really... Um, I'm really impressed with what you're saying. And this is something to really think about. So I want to go on and talk about your article because you said that the default position in America is that black bodies are only useful in so far as they turn a profit. We found we fought a bloody war over this issue, and then the country turned around and built a prison system based on exactly the same premises hence calls to abolish prisons, which depend in most cases on a massive amount of free black labor to turn a profit. Harriet Tubman's life was about fighting against the system that treated black lives and black bodies as property, currency, and capital. She was a great emancipator, freeing herself and hundreds of others, and helping to bring the Union's forces to victory, working as spy in South Carolina during the Civil War. Would you, excuse me, would she consider it an honor to have her likeliness plastered on American currency? 
And if she agreed to the honor, what would she ask for in return? That's a good question, Brittany. I, you know, I when I first started out this episode, I was going to just talk about Harriet Tubman and the honor of her being on the $20 bill. I have to honestly admit, I never knew about Andrew Jackson being on the back of the $20 bill because I don't think they ever talked about the back. They just talked about the front. So I'm glad I did my research and I'm glad I found Brittany's article. And as I said, you guys can do your own research and you can actually read her article. But I just, I was kind of, I was intrigued on the different things I was reading. And one of the things that um, she said was interesting. Here's something we should think about. And I am glad I ran across this article because initially when I saw that the word disrespect was in it. I wasn't even going to read it, but I'm glad I'm glad that I read it because we are still honoring Harriet Tubman, but we need to think about moving forward. And one of the things in this article, it says if Tubman is going to be linked to conversations on capital, that conversation must be about a redistribution and funneling of resources and money in the black communities to deal with wealth and wage disparities, access to education and safe housing, and a comprehensive plan of action to redress the social determinants of poor black health. Anything else is downright disrespectful. And I think that is a key point of why she said that honoring her without all these other things are being disrespectful. She goes on to say, perhaps we need the Harriet Tubman Reparation Act <laughs> or the Harriet Tubman <laughs> Abolish of Prison Act. <laughs> what we don't need is Harriet Tubman on 20s. So many of the freedoms we all enjoy today are a direct result of Tubman's heroic efforts, but American money and our national romance with it is the root of so many of our national evils. <laughs> and she goes on to finish out her article saying, too often America attempts to atone for racism through style and symbol rather than substance. We don't need America to put black women on its money. We need America to put his money on black women. And so, Brittany, I mean, you turned my whole podcast episode into something totally different, and I am not mad at you. Now, if we could do all those things that she mentions and take Andrew Jackson off the back of the 20, <laughs> I think we might be okay. But as I mentioned, my whole point of today's episode was to celebrate Harriet Tubman in general. And since President Joe Biden is talking about Harriet Tubman being on a $20 bill, if all these things that are said in this article, we might need to talk about this first before we go on and put her uh, face on the front and then you're having what they call racist president Andrew Jackson on the back. That that's not good. That's not good at all. 
And, um, you know, I just want to close this out because the uh, Washington, uh, excuse me, the Wall Street Journal's opinion had an article saying it was entitled $20 says Harriet Tubman was conservative. And I was like, okay, that's an interesting article. I want you guys to go and check that out because I'm just going to um, let you guys listen to the article so you can hear it in their words before I close out this episode. It's pretty interesting. $20 says Harriet Tubman was conservative. She appreciated the first GOP president and carried a gun. By Michael Taub, January 31st, 2021, 5.23 p.m. Eastern Time. President Biden may revive an Obama-era initiative of which conservatives ought to approve, putting Harriet Tubman on the obverse of the $20 bill, where Andrew Jackson now appears. Tubman, who died in 1913, was an abolitionist and civil rights pioneer who had been born into slavery circa 1822. Then Treasury Secretary Jack Lew announced in April 2016 that Jackson, the first Democratic president, would appear on the reverse of the Tubman note, which would enter circulation by 2020. Mr. Lew said Tubman represented the essential story of American democracy. So much of what we believe has changed for better for this country is reflected in what she struggled for. When after Donald Trump, a Jackson admirer, became president, the Treasury changed its tune. Secretary Steven Mnuchin said in 2017 that the switch was still under consideration, but people have been on the bills for a long period of time, and there were more important issues to focus on. In 2019, Mr. Mnuchin announced that because of counterfeiting issues, the switch would be delayed until 2028. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki now says the Biden administration is exploring ways to speed up the change to the $20 bill. Republicans should claim Tubman as one of their own. She was friendly with William Seward, Secretary of State to the first GOP president, Abraham Lincoln. At first, she didn't admire Lincoln. Frustrated that white soldiers were paid more than black soldiers in the Union Army, she blamed the president for the disparity. No, I'm sorry now, but I didn't like Lincoln in them days, she told Roosevelt Holt in an 1896 interview for the Chautauquan. I used to go see Mrs. Lincoln, but I never wanted to see him. You see, we colored people didn't understand that he was our friend. Although she never met Lincoln, Tubman's opinion changed after he signed the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863 and met with her friend and fellow abolitionist Sojourner Truth in 1864. Tubman would also likely have been an advocate for gun rights. She carried a pistol for protection when helping fugitive slaves achieve freedom through the Underground Railroad and when acting as a Union spy and scout during the Civil War. The Brickler family in Tallahassee, Florida, is in possession of her weapon. They're related through Tubman's niece, Margaret Stewart, who was 10 in 1862 when Tubman freed her from slavery in Maryland and left her in Secretary Seward's care. I guess Aunt Harriet carried it all along the Underground Railway route, A.J. Brickler, an obstetrician, told the Jacksonville-based Florida Times Union while showing off the revolver in 2019. One time, one of the slaves, it might have even been a family member, was afraid to go forward. He wanted to turn around, but she knew that would be endangering the whole group. I guess she pointed this gun right at him and let him know she was in charge and that they were all heading north. Mr. Taub, a columnist for Troy Media and Looney Politics, was a speechwriter for former Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper. Now, everybody, as I close out this podcast episode, I just want to give a shout out to Professor Brittany 
Cooper. She's a professor at Rutgers University, and she ha she also is an author of a book called Eloquent Rage, A Black Feminist Discovers Her Superpower. And I, I looked on her Twitter page because I'm going to definitely uh, send her a copy of this because I'm actually grateful for her article. And her Twitter page is just says a lot about her in a positive way. So, um, Professor, thank you. And I appreciate that I was able to put a different light on what I initially was going to talk about regarding twenty the $20 bill and Harriet Tubman. And you changed my whole episode in a positive way because, as I always tell people, research, 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 and my research found you. So, everyone, check out her article. And I'm going to close this podcast episode reminding you guys that I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Advocacy Ladies. That's capital A as in Advocacy, capital L as in Ladies. You can always give us a call at 404-855-7723. And we ask that you definitely follow us on all the different podcast apps. We are on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Spotify, and yes, Alexa, tune in. So, Follow us, put your notifications on so you can get uh, firsthand information that a new episode has been posted. And we are definitely able to be found on my hosting podcast app, which is Podbean. So, you know, I like to end all my episodes with the question, what do you have to say? Thank you for listening. And I'm looking forward to more Black History in Black History Month.